Leadership development exists because none of us are perfect, fully realized people. We all have room for growth in our lives and we need help along the way. Hi, and welcome to the Developing Imperfect Leaders podcast. Because the last time I checked, we're not Jesus. This podcast is a project of the Leadership Development Institute at Hope Community Church, intended to help you explore and grow your leadership skills for service both inside and outside the church. I'm your host, Paul Stiver, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and fellow LDI staff team members, Kaylin Larson. Hello. And Natty Severson. Hello. So uh, it's great to see you guys today. I uh, We're getting into fun facts, and this episode is dropping the week of Thanksgiving. So I was hoping we could share some fun facts that are Thanksgiving edition. Yeah, I'll go. Um, you know, my favorite Thanksgiving food, I think that's always the popular um, question. But because Thanksgiving, if if about anything besides, I guess thankfulness is about food. <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness! All right. Um, but my favorite Thanksgiving food is my dad's stuffing, and that is particular. It's not like stovetop. It's not your mom's stuffing. It's my dad's. Your mom's stuffing. Uh, it's my dad's stuffing. Uh, and I think it's actually dressing because it doesn't go mm-hmm. inside a bird, right? So if it doesn't actually make it inside a turkey's cavity is that what we call that i think that's what the technical term is yeah, um for that so Giving y- people a real visual here on the pod. turkey cavity <laughs> um and that's not in his teeth that's in his four out of five dentists agree that's what we call it <laughs> and you're not supposed to stick toothpaste in there either just because it won't help the cavity it taste good that um would be a turkey yeah just bring a raw turkey to your dentist and be like it's got a cavity. Wah, wah. Dad joke. <laughs> oh, oh, Paul's going to Paul's gonna actually do that. All right. Yeah. It's my dad's stuffing. And I could pretty much take or leave anything else. I used to really love mashed potatoes, but then I got put in charge of making 10 pounds of mashed potatoes for every Thanksgiving. And it's sort of like they lost the luster, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but I, I do like when I take a step back, mashed potatoes and gravy. Otherwise, I could take or leave pretty much everything else. I'm not a huge pie fan, turkey fan. Whatever. That's it. That's me. Yeah. Uh, my fun fact is I um, do not like Thanksgiving food. Okay. Not so, even. So our previous <laughs> holiday stuffing? edition was Halloween. And Kate, we found out Kaylin hates Halloween. And now we find out Kaylin hates one of the most beloved things that exist, Thanksgiving food. I think I she just, just in general hates being thankful. Or so. do you, is it holidays yeah. in general well, that you're okay, just no. like, if it's I a like holiday. Christmas. I also don't like traditional Christmas food. Like my hamster died on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I think turkey is dry. However, uh, Kurt has smoked a turkey before, and that was delicious. Um, but I do not like gravy. I do not like stuffing. I do not like mashed potatoes. I do like sweet potatoes. <laughs> and so if there are sweet potatoes, that I think. But not cooked the traditional way of like no, in not, tons of yeah, sugar no, and marshmallows. No, and- I just like roasted sweet potatoes. My Which is not actually a really a, good salad. It's not a Thanksgiving like. thing. That's not a Thanksgiving thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I think when most people think Thanksgiving food, they're thinking salad. So yeah, that that tracks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of my family's Thanksgiving, and I just don't really like any of it except my aunt's salad. And then I always bring the sweet potatoes because I want to make sure they're there. <laughs> so you, but you're not bringing Thanksgiving. It's like you brought sweet potato fries, something like. Yeah, just wrote. I mean, just something that people don't eat at Thanksgiving. I do enjoy- What'd you bring? I brought chips and guac. <laughs> I don't think anyone goes around and says like I like gravy. 
right? Like we're not, no one's advocating for their love of gravy. Uh, my kids might. They might say it. Okay. Cause, but if I had to make a list of people I know who is the least likely person to like gravy, Kaylin would be number one on the oh, list. Yeah. I would, <laughs> by far I, would like, be. You're my top five for sure. I have some very anti- healthy friends. And yeah. gravy is like the antithesis. antithesis? Yeah, that's like, the word. I just, of health. Thanksgiving food. I'm just like, why? Well, I, I just don't want to eat that. So my fun fact uh, related to Thanksgiving, I, uh, one of the things about my personality is I, I, my wife will tell me I make a lot of sweeping declarations. I, I, <gasps> I had I, no I, idea. Yeah, you guys maybe have seen this. I don't know. A uh-huh. uh, couple I, times. I, my joke is I never do that. Uh, absolute. Never I, uh, ever so, make sweeping so declarations. I make sweeping declarations. Uh, she reported to me that at some point within the last calendar year, I apparently declared that we are now a turkey trot family. Uh, which then she brought up to me and said, when should I sign up for a turkey trot? And I was like, do not do that. And she was like, you <laughs> declared that this is who we are now as a family. And you so can't even remember the sweeping I, declarations. Own, and I, I, my other sweeping declaration is overruled by this initial one. So uh, in addition to that, I'd say my yeah, it is actually my favorite holiday because there is uh, football. And, oh, uh, the Packers are playing, yeah. Yeah, and yes, yes. then I do enjoy food. I like to make a mac and cheese, and I'll typically add a bacon and jalapenos and also uh, crumpled or uh, crushed flaming Hot Cheetos to that for a little mm. breadcrumb action, a little, make it a little fun. Kaylin is disgusted by the thought of that, but that's okay. <laughs> you clearly didn't make it she... to my daughter's graduation party where we had a mac and cheese bar, and her pick, her only thing she wanted on that was crushed flaming Hot Cheetos. So that mm. must be a thing. That's yeah, I think that's a thing. Yeah, for the for the no, it's just smart people, I think is what uh so all right. Let's get into the leading question. I think a transition I want to make is that I did make this sweeping declaration that we are a turkey trot family running a race on the morning of Thanksgiving, and then later said we should never do that, uh, because it shows that I lack in many ways self awareness. And so today's question is Or you now have kids and you realized who wants to get up and go run before you have a day yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. So what should I do if I lack self awareness? Or maybe another way, what can I do to grow in the self awareness aspect of emotional intelligence? Kay, what are your thoughts? Well, so thought this question was a little ironic because for someone to be asking this question of how to grow in self-awareness, they're showing a great first step of self-awareness <laughs> because they are aware that they lack self-awareness. Um, so as someone, uh, me, who has had to grow in this, I would say it just takes time. Uh, for me, what was helpful was journaling or just even like talking things out loud um, to someone else. Um, I, I would say being open to feedback, um, because this is by being open to feedback, then you are opening a door to seeing how others might be seeing you in certain situations or interactions, uh, that you're having with them or with other people. And then I think also to asking the Lord to reveal certain things to you in time, like he's not going to reveal here are all the ways that you need to grow, but he's God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be a huge burden. Um, but he will, he is loving and gracious enough that he does want to transform you into the likeness of his son. And so he will reveal things slowly to you of like, oh, I think you can grow in the manner in which you say this or the way uh, that you approach the situation or whatever it might be. Yeah, I was thinking about this uh, and we bring in this idea of emotional intelligence, which just a quick definition. We think about 
Um, for example, in IQ, your intelligence quotient, we take that test and we get kind of a result back and say, oh, this is maybe how smart I am, <laughs> which obviously doesn't <laughs> measure everything. Uh, but right. And then we have all these kind of other means of, of how we think about intelligence. But emotional intelligence is really self-awareness plays into this in a big way, right? Because it's the idea of I'm able to identify and respond to my emotions. And I'm able to identify and respond to the emotions of others and kind of work through that as well. So obviously a truncated definition, I'm sure we'll do many episodes on emotional intelligence as we continue on with this podcast because it, we've seen it be such a valuable topic. But I, I was yeah, kind of similar to Kaylin. I was thinking, how would I know? How would I know I lack self-awareness? And I think, yeah, that's really funny that you said that even to be asking that question shows some level of self-awareness, which is kind of fun. I, I was thinking about how we all in some way are naturally lacking in this area mm-hmm. because we aren't uh, God who sees everything. We, uh, we, we have blind spots and things we don't know about ourselves. But I was thinking about how would I know And Some things I was thinking maybe would, yeah, because it's like spinach in your teeth, right? Like, I don't know <laughs> that I have a piece of spinach in my teeth. I need someone else to come in and say, this is what I'm seeing from you. I just you. did that for someone earlier. T- today? <laughs> today. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Who else have you seen besides us? <laughs> How did they respond? Uh, I showed her. I was like, yellow something right there. And she was like, oh, thanks. Oh, so they were grateful. Do you know that's one of the best reasons for a cell phone? You can like see your teeth yeah, now. The, yeah. Like you have an instant mirror. I would right. never. I, okay. You use your camera to kind of look yeah. back. I don't and, yeah. really post on social media. So I have to use my phone for something. It's <laughs> important. Yeah. So I was thinking about, yeah, how would I know? Maybe you're seeing relationship strains. You're constantly frustrated by missed opportunities, just feeling passed over maybe. Uh, I think that's happened that's to me in the past. Um, or, yeah, I think maybe just tension in relationships. Those would be a couple ways to say like, wait a minute, maybe I'm not seeing myself clearly. Um, but yeah, even to be asking that question and saying, what should I do? That's a great question to be asking, I think, for all of us. Nettie, what about you? Yeah, I love that you guys answered the question within the question of how do I even know if I lack self-awareness? I think being passed over or, or having a hard time maintaining relationships, mm-hmm. that could be another one. Mm-hmm. Um, constant friction in relationship or maybe friends kind of like like ghosting a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, mm-hmm. Those could be keys, but it could they might not be. So I don't want to be like, I don't want right. to make sweeping statements because yeah. I'm not a millennial. Um, <laughs> Only millennials make sweeping statements. Yep. There yeah. it is. Right there. Yeah, really <laughs> there it is right there. Um, yeah. No, honestly, my first reaction to the question, what should I do if I lack self-awareness is uh, do our internship. Nice. Um, yeah. Really. You think about Kaylin that. Snapping I hear the snaps. Don't remove that from the in the edit, Austin, those snaps are important. No, I'm not kidding, but I'm kind of kidding. Obviously not everyone can do 10 months of intense mentoring. Um, so, you know, that happens over the course of 10 months in our internship. So we have uh, a long time to be with people to help them grow in their self-awareness to even begin having topics, uh, around that is really important. So you know, outside of that, I'd say really, it's just having other followers of Christ, like eyes on you and people who are really looking and not people who are looking to judge you or to like shake a finger at you or tell you what you're doing wrong, but people who are there to help. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so easy for us to just go on with our days without stopping to consider ourselves or others, right? So if somebody's not intentionally in your life for that purpose, they might just not take enough time to pause because we're so inundated with things. You know, we talked about my cell phone for my spinach in my teeth, but also like it, 
you know, I, I'm walking with my head down because I might be looking at my phone and I'm not really thinking about myself or about other people as much as people might have 30 years ago. And I, I obviously don't know. I don't really know necessarily what it was like to be an adult 30 years ago. But um, the cool part of our job now as people in this internship program is that we get to stop and take time to examine others. And that causes us to examine ourselves, mm-hmm. right? If you're if you're looking into the hearts of other people and wanting them to grow, it, the Lord should be working in your heart. And it has, I think, in ours. And I've seen growth just because we get to have these jobs, which is a huge blessing. Yeah, I like that. We we all need friends who will uh, pick the spinach out of our teeth or at least tell us about it. Maybe not pick it out, but at least tell us about it. That'd be a different kind of friend. Uh, <laughs> picks the spinach out of your teeth. All right. So let's get into that idea then with the quote of the week. Let's keep looking at this. So this week's quote comes from a book that I read in my year two of my LDI internship. Uh, When I was working, I identified, or maybe it was identified for me by trusted voices that I should grow in my emotional intelligence. And so I read, one of the things I read was a book called Emotionally Healthy Leadership by a guy named Pete Scazzaro. And so that's where the quote comes from. And it says this, we lead more out of who we are than out of what we do, strategic or otherwise. If we fail to recognize that who we are on the inside informs every aspect of our leadership, we will do damage to ourselves and those we lead. Yeah, you talk about sweeping statements. This is one of those things. And I I totally get what he's trying to say here and this idea that if we're leading out of a place of unhealth, unhealth is likely going to bubble up to the surface. Now, mm-hmm. we are all imperfect. There are ways in which we are, are all unhealthy, which doesn't mean we have to not be in leadership positions until we're perfectly healthy because we will not arrive at perfectly healthy in any sense on this side of eternity. Yep. So, you know, there's got to be a tipping point there. So what's that mean is are people like, looking into my lives, we talked about the value of having other people's eyes on you. It's that last part that stood out to me. We will do damage to ourselves and to those we lead if we're unhealthy, right? Because good leadership blesses and bad leadership hurts. And Mm -hmm. again, God is sovereign and he goes before us and he cleans up a lot of our mess and he goes after us and he cleans up a lot of our mess. But when we're unhealthy and we're living in a place of just being really stuck in, in sin patterns or having a having not addressed big um, emotional health issues that could impede us, we're probably going to have, I like to call it a big ministry wake. I don't know if you are familiar with boating. Uh, We're in Minnesota here, so it's the land of 10,000 lakes. And so we're, a lot of people here are more familiar with the the path of boat. When it's on the water, you see it leaves like a wake. Something can't move, whether it's a sailboat or a paddleboard or a motorboat, it can't leave, it can't like go through the water without leaving kind of a ripple of waves and that's called a wake. And we sometimes don't think about the wake of our ministry and large wakes. I don't know when, when big boats go by or boats are going too fast, the wake really rips up against the shoreline or can like, you know, cause that paddle border to tip because mm-hmm. you're not being conscious of what you're driving past. And I think we need to examine our wake in ministry to really look at uh, if we're causing, you know, that paddle border to constantly tip over because we're not being sensitive and we're blown by her, go, you know, we're going 40 and she's on her paddle board and we just go right next to her. We just, we need to be conscious of our wake in leadership, um, especially in ministerial leadership, because 
we can be doing damage and it can go unnoticed. Um, I think the part that stood out to me in the quote was the inside informs every aspect of our leadership. And I was just like, ugh, as like, it can, it, it can be easy to think, oh, I'll just go and lead. And then this heart issue that I have, I mean, I'll just work on this later. Um, but like Nadia was saying, the lack of self-awareness can just hurt people without us even realizing that we might be hurting them. Um, and so if you, you know, for example, aren't aware of the manner in which you are uh, commuting, communicating with someone or the way that you're engaging with them, um, it could be hurtful and damaging to your relationship with that person. And as Nadia had said too, God is sovereign and he's going before us and leading us in this. And it's just this um, tension that we have to kind of wrestle. Yeah, I think it's interesting too, being in where we are in a leadership development culture at our church and obviously being staff in this program. Uh, Because sometimes as a young leader, I think about my own journey. There's been a million times that I thought I should be in that room. I should be leading that thing, talking at that in that place. Um, teaching that class. And I think this quote gets at something, which is we lead out of who we are more than what we do. And it it really hits at that. The thing that's going to bubble out is our character. Mm -hmm. So I think of like early on in my time as an intern and I was teaching a class and I had a couple of things in my character. One was I wanted to be right. Another was I wanted to be perfect. And so I would teach a class and Nettie'd be sitting in there kind of uh, watching me and kind of supporting me and, and she was in the class teaching and but I'd be leading the class and I would a question that threw me off would feel like it shattered my whole world because I wasn't prepared I wasn't ready I didn't I wasn't able to seem like the expert but part of that was my character and that I felt like I needed to be an expert instead of helping people discuss a topic that maybe I didn't know everything about and so I think that's a huge part that that character is going to flow out of us um, which is why, for example, one of our pillars here in the program is Christ-like character and that we, we make such a focus on character because when you are a leader with strong character, you can face flustering situations and respond to them with a grace that you otherwise wouldn't have and, and a grace that will hopefully protect you from hurting people. Or um, heaven forbid when you're not the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right, which is a lot of times for me. Uh, so <laughs> and I've... Uh, as we think about this podcast and this topic and, and self-awareness in leadership, I want to think about, or I want to move us toward our growing together conversation where, again, with the goal of this podcast is to help imperfect leaders to grow. And so this week, it'd be fun to consider practical lessons we've learned as we think about yourself and leadership. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Natty, we'll start with you. What have been, what's been a big leadership lesson or some of the biggest leadership lessons you've learned about yourself in leadership? Or yeah, there we go. Let me say the word leadership a few more times and then we'll, leadership, leadership. we'll keep going here. Wow. I mean, so, so many, um, you know, like I, I just think of, yeah, I, I can't list them all. So I think what I'm going to go with is the biggest lesson I've learned about myself it has to do with God and that he is bigger than all of my mistakes. I think I just want to ruminate on my mistakes. Mm. You know, we t- we've talked about worshiping the idol failure and, and different things like that, but he has gifted me with this joy of being able to grow in him and through the work of his spirit in me. And he's blessed me with a truth and grace filled community of people who encourage me in my God given strengths and point me at the gospel in the midst of my sin. And so that God is just bigger than my, my mistakes. God is bigger than the things. And I can look back and maybe people who I've worked with in ministry over the years are listening to this podcast 
Um, and you're like, yeah, Natty's, Natty's bad leadership did hurt me. For that, I apologize. But I, I would also say praise God for his goodness that we hopefully people were able to learn in the midst of my learning and my growing. And I'm just super thankful for other followers of Christ, other people around me who didn't give up on me in the midst of big things like my mental health struggles or my gigantic ego or the belief that I am the smartest person in the room uh, with the best ideas, my sometimes, you know, insensitive kind of like sarcastic sense of humor, my just in general selfishness, how God is just bigger than that and how he has given me a community of people around me and a spirit within me to really work to refine me. Um, and again, not perfect. It's still going to be happening as long as I'm on this earth, but what a gift that is. Uh, I think. Um, like Natty said, I could probably list off so many things and I, they kind of all boiled down to is, um, I have had to learn and continue to learn that I'm never going to arrive into full maturity as a leader. Um, I think Paul had even said this earlier of, well, I want to be in that room or I want to be making this decision or, you know, whatever it might be. And just everything is going to come in time and you might you might never be in that room or be part of that decision and that's okay. Um, so I think once you realize, um, and I'm not realized this yet, um, that you won't arrive, just there's a lot of freedom in that. Um, I also think too, it's just having to be patient and to wait. Uh, I often tell, I ask my daughter uh, when she's being patient, say, I can be patient, I can wait. And so like, how can you wait on the Lord and what he's doing in your heart and in the hearts of others um, as you just continue to grow in your leadership and who he's created you to be. I saw a twinkle in your eye there. Was there a Daniel Tiger song lurking behind patience? Or? Oh, there is a Daniel Tiger song called The Waiting Song. Oh. Uh, I would need the tunes, though, to sing Okay, along. all right. So yeah. insert that here, I'm sure. Austin's <laughs> got time to insert Daniel Tiger. And we have the rights for that, I'm sure, right? Yeah, they okay. actually gave them to us. They were big fans of the show. So I, uh, <laughs> for me... I could say a million things here because I think uh, coming into the internship program here and doing three years of the program uh, was uh, great for teaching me a lot about self-awareness because I had so many trusted voices who cared about me that were offering insight uh, that I didn't have. They were seeing my blind spots and speaking into them, including the two obviously in this room. And uh, I think some of the things I've learned about self uh, that, uh, well, I want to say something. I not only does leadership require a lot of self-awareness, I think self-awareness is huge. Like Natty said, we have to know the wake we're leaving behind. But leadership requires a lot of others' awareness, the kind of the second aspect of emotional intelligence. And, and then realizing even beyond what you th- your intent was, how do you impact others? And just a couple of things on my list, uh, two that are more uh, personal, as I, I, but also impact others. One, I say a lot with my face. I'm not a great poker face over here. I've kind of given away a lot. The other uh, day, Natty and I were having a conversation and she was like, I don't, I don't know what your face is telling me right now. She actually needed clarification. Uh, and then It could be, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because I have a little baby. It could be. <laughs> my resting conf- confused You're confusing face. me yeah. right now. You're overwhelming me. Who knew? Yeah. So another one I've realized for myself is I need to do rumination checks. There are times that my mind is spinning on a topic or a situation or a conversation so much, and maybe it's continued for an hour or a day or a couple days that I have to stop and say, hold on a minute, why am I 
still uh, chewing on this, thinking this through, and and how can I give that to the Lord? But one I was thinking from an uh, others awareness standpoint is a uh, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, maybe you have or not, um, but I can be quickly decisive uh, and, and apparently come off as very confident because of that. I don't necessarily feel confident, but it comes off as confident because I'm quickly decisive, and that can really seem inconsiderate to people. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that, that was too. that was one that I uh, am continuing to go through. Enneagram. Thinking back to even our, we had a conversation a few, many episodes ago on trust building. And that again was something that I, I think I'm continuing to learn that if I'm going to make a decision, it's best to involve others or at least inform them on the steps of the journey I took to arrive at the decision instead of just snapping my fingers and saying, here's what we're going to do, which, which again can feel like people are jarred in the wake of that. Somebody once had described that to me as I feel uh, like bulldozed or snowplowed, you know, like, or, you know, you're just, because you arrived at that conclusion faster than everyone else. Now you're just pushing everyone else to that conclusion instead of waiting to give them time to arrive at that conclusion Mm -hmm. themselves. Even if it's five minutes, I think Mm. younger Natty and still at times now Natty just couldn't wait for that. They're like, you're, I, I know what's right. I've, I've done the math in my head. This is the right answer. You'll come to this. Uh, you'll come to this. Just why, why are we wasting time? But, but giving people time to arrive there and not snowplow or bulldoze them into decision-making is huge. That could be a whole nother podcast. Right yeah, there. I think so. I think there's way more meat on this bone because we haven't even talked about what kind of leader you are. For example, in self-awareness, are you an upfront leader or a behind the scenes leader? Are you someone like a Kaylin who's going to help carry and execute ideas? Or are you someone like Natty that's going to come up with those ideas? It's so, so much more we can get into on this topic. But as we move toward one takeaway, because again, all of us in this room are imperfect leaders. I think we kind of are airing out that every episode at this point. It seems like we're sharing more of our imperfections than the things we've, we've learned. Um, what is one thing you're taking away from this conversation? I think uh, for me, just to start, this uh, is the idea that, that because of someone is a leader, right? The idea of a leader is someone who is out front, moving people in a direction. And we've touched on it already. Leaders then have the potential to do great good because they're moving people in a direction or great harm. Uh, and especially because of the influence and impact we can have in people's lives, we can actually do a lot of harm with unhealthy leadership. Mm-hmm. And so I think coming back to, again, the quote and leading out of who we are, the importance of character. And and for me, just thinking about this, that that it's character is something that God gives and instills in us. And something that we also work to pursue. And that's why I love our, for example, this program, because it's like, for me, it was entering into the program saying, I'm incomplete in my character. I need to grow to be like Christ. And I'm going to put myself in an environment where that happens. And really, it's fun to then watch God take a hold of of people and and really transform them. Uh, My takeaway is just um, having to ask myself, am I open to feedback or if someone presents feedback to me? How will I respond? Am I trusting that they're doing it out of a loving and gracious way to help me grow as a leader um, and just be a little more self-aware? Or am I going to be offended and kind of disregard um, what they brought to my attention? Yeah. My one takeaway is kind of revolving around the depth of even this topic of uh, emotional health, right? And so we've talked about self-awareness now and we, we talked about Paul even broached the topic of others' awareness, but there's so much more to it. The layers of, am I able to self-regulate? 
you know, once I understand my emotions, do mm-hmm. I know how to sort of take them captive in a way that shows health and and grace and good timing? There's just so many aspects of um, emotional health that are out there and important. So just encouraging people to not grow weary. I think it can be wearying to ha- constantly be bombarded by our sin. Um, but this is where we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus who has, you know, made a way for us to keep moving forward in the midst of that. The same way we would move forward in any frustration is to to keep our eyes rooted on him, but to 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 try not to grow weary in the midst of that. It is another way in which we're growing. And it's another way we can point people at the gospel because when we have emotional health, when we are displaying those things uh, to a watching world, people might grow curious, right? Okay, how, how did you get there? How did you arrive at that? Well, let me tell you a little bit about my story and how I got to where I am um, because we can point at Jesus then and that. And it, this, this emotional health in a fairly emotionally unhealthy culture could really be one of our best witnesses. Well, that wraps up our conversation for today, but we want to keep connecting with you. So thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you like what you heard, be sure to follow our show and leave a review. We love connecting with our listeners. So if you have questions, comments, or topic ideas, please email us LDI at HopeCC.com. LDI is a ministry of Hope Community Church based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We seek to develop leaders in their biblical thinking, Christ-like character, and ministry skills for service both inside and outside the church. We do this through internships, classes, seminars, and retreats. If you're interested in learning more about our internships or other opportunities, visit ldi.hopecc.com or email ldi.hopecc.com. Have a great week.